It's Health Quest Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba on AM 560. The answer. It's happening all along the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan. Meaningful, life-changing moments all around the world. HealthQuest Radio goes airborne, wheels up. Copy that. HealthQuest Radio proudly presents Adventures in Health with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Hi, I'm Alex, and you, well, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're listening to America's number one health news and science show. Our adventure guide, he is ready. He is the voice of integrated preventive health care in our nation today. He's the clinical director of our West Dundee offices. His story will show he is a man before his time, a real trailblazer. My friend, my partner, and my favorite radio boss, here's our host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Here with you on a Saturday morning, a little drizzly outside, but I understand tomorrow's going to be looking really good. So, uh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. We can't go outside. No. <laughs> Stay home. Save a life. You know, one of my uh, patients that were on a walking path somewhere in Chicago, spouses together having a great walk, and they ran into a slew of signs. Um, Six by ten, every few feet, the same sign read, stay home, save lives. And they felt ashamed. Why are we walking when we could be saving lives? I'm sorry, but when I think about signs that are there posted for us, whether they be those that are on paper or those signs, those uh, informational messages to us, are there, if not to scare us in this time of the coronavirus, can't say Wuhan anymore, China, China virus, Corona is actually losing its popularity, too, if you notice. But it's almost as if uh, if we don't scare you, we got to shame you into some kind of a, I don't know, submission, if you will. And I got to say, in my own opinion today, you know, I just have to ask you, because I'm going to allow you to ask me questions today that will require a yes or no answer from me. Ha. Huh. And the reason why I came up with that, it's 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 no use us spending time on this radio show to tell you things you already know. And so we're going to save that time and do something much more important today. Even though we have to defy sometimes the messages that are coming at us, whether it be through danger and fear or maybe shame, that maybe we need to be self-thinkers again and unplug from some things and plug into some other aspects of of living, you think. So today it's all about more or less. 
when less is better and when more is better. Now, I say that because I have a list of some uh, options that you can take and choices you can make. Um, What more can you do to help build your body's immune defenses? Wouldn't that be good? What can you do? Not what you can't do, but what can you do? Well, today, the more or less, what more can you do to help build your body's immune defenses? And then on the flip side of that, more or less, what can we do a little less of that would help improve our ability to defend against infections of every type? And today, everything you hear on our show, it's going to relate to, well, as some of us who read the Bible, uh, for all time. That's an interesting way of saying it, isn't it? Concepts you could live with, concepts you could live for, for all time, for all time. Universal principles that work. And there's some provocative messages that are given to us, not as all known, and I know you know that, and that's why we're not going to talk about that today. But I will be taking your questions here. Um, I would ask that the questions you ask will only require me to say yes or no, or true or false. We'll keep it short. So you can uh, email me, fast blast me during today's show at Dr. David, that's Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. And we're going to bust through as many as I can get of those um, uh, you know, answered for you. That's why I'm going to keep my answer short. Can't be any shorter than yes or no or true or false. That's Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. You know, last week, we uh, our the title of last week's show, we've, I think we've done about four, uh, five shows on this whole thing, coronavirus, for obvious reasons. And again, don't want to be redundant or repeat. But um, every show was thought out in increments as to what would be best for your ears to hear, because I'm sure your alert system is on overload right now, just as mine is. And I know you're starting to unplug from some of the news conferences, and rightly so. Not much is happening. Some of it is speculative. Last week, Coronavirus Crisis was the title of the show, and all of our shows are posted on, uh, at the iTunes store, or you can go to healthquestradio.com. At the top of that site, there's a button that will take you to our blog site that's called adventuresinhealth.com, and all of our shows are there. Last week, uh, the title of our show was Corona, Coronavirus Crisis. Is anyone listening? We interviewed two top doctors that uh, was they were sharing their truth with us. Now, here's the deal. One of those uh, physicians happens to be the uh, revered as the top crisis care physician in this country today. Now, you would have a sense that he might know a little bit more or have insights that go a little deeper than Dr. Anthony Fauci or Dr. Uh, Deborah Burke. And, and his insight was well taken by myself and, of course, you, the audience. As he and one of his cohorts uh, have come up with other protocols for treating coronavirus, and it's their opinion that we're treating the wrong thing. And after hearing from them, and I don't want to repeat the show and I won't, 
go to our archives and and look up the show last week's show coronavirus crisis actually it was a two-hour special and a compelling interview relating to the patients that they're treating with this virus and the interesting factor uh, or feature relating to their uh, treatment protocol is no one's dying so that's why I think some of us have to have a healthy speculative attitude when listening to the powers that be. And uh, there was a time in the early going of our country where we had to do the same thing when we entered into an agreement with the, the British, as you know, and decided that we needed to separate for good reason. And a new nation was born based on the thought that we couldn't comply with all of the demands. So today... I hope you get a chance to listen to that show for your own edification. Today, it's more or less, I want to get into something a little positive. So let's do, what could I do more? Okay, what could I do more? What would you want to do more today versus what would you do that might be better if you did less? So, and then the true and false questions at drdavid at healthquestradio.com. Now, if I was to ask you if you believe that more Americans are overeating or undereating at this time, because one of my questions that I got from uh, <laughs> one of my patients, actually, and I'll ask it here. It said, uh, okay, do you believe Americans will return to work after this is all over uh, even more overweight? Now, all the questions I'm going to answer today, I'd like for you to be answering there in your car or at home, wherever you're listening, okay? So if that question was posed to you, do you believe that Americans, once they return to work, will return to work even more overweight? What would be your answer? That's a yes or no from me. Well, I I contend that it is going to be uh, yes, yes. That's what I would say. You know, those shelves on the uh, stores, uh, the food stores that you're finding empty, they're not empty and devoid of just toilet paper. Uh, Other foods of whatever, of questionable, you know, category are also flying off the shelves too. And so with people having more time and not knowing what more to do with it, I think they're thinking food. I'm going to go with the food. And so guess what? They're going to the food. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're going to be overweight. So is there something that we can do to prevent that or maybe avoid that overweightness when we return? I think there is, but you got to stay here. Hey, so today it's all about more or less and what we can do. And I'm going to start with something positive. I'm going to come back and actually give us an idea of what we can do that would be a more, you think? That would be good to start. And what could we do that can help our immune system? And what would we not want to do as much that will also help our immune system as well? Stay right here. Listening to Chicagoland's longest running health, news, and science show with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready to 
to be taught the new way. Pain. For most people, the suffering of pain is as intolerable as death itself. Those people are most people. And most people seek to spend their entire life in search of comfort, as far away from pain as humanly possible. Radio show podcasts are available in the iTunes Store. Look under Adventures in Health. Download us on your iPod and take us with you. It's, uh, it is what it is. Go to healthquestradio.com. All right, let's be thinking on the positive side today. What can we do today to help support our body's immune system, regardless? of the situation we find ourselves in as a country and I'd say worldwide now. And for you to be encouraged to think that you can actually impart goodness to your body. If only we could know when to do something a little bit more (laughs) and when we can find ourselves doing some things that are more destructive, less. Yeah, let's do that. Like Sunny C. We have a vitamin C that you'll hear during the break that we often talk about because people do their reading and think vitamin C is is really good. And it is, basically. And last week we talked about some of the intravenous uh, uh, injections of vitamin C and how that relates to a protocol that's very effective, yet seldom used right now. And our concern is for that. But the sunny sea actually helps to support your body's immune function by triggering the natural killer cells to get into motion. Now today, what could we do more? Okay. I'd like to talk about hydration. And all day, I'm talking all show. I'm wanting to cover topics regarding how you can support and improve your body's immune response and give you some information you may not know. So here we go. Proper hydration. You've got to know that it's critically important to every aspect of your health, but especially the immune system. That's why I want to talk about it now. Because you see, water helps flush toxins and waste products and bacteria from the body to fight disease and infection, as well as it strengthens your immune system so that you can become sick less frequently. Now, that is a fact. It's water that helps our immune system work to its fullest capacity. You see, our water consumption, now, I I think you might know this, water consumption in this country has lessened over time, replaced by things like soft drinks, alcoholic beverages and, and various caffeinated beverages like, like coffee. Uh, you've heard of Monster, Red Bull, and now the new one, I guess, is the most recent fad is uh, White Claw. Water is no longer the most popular or what I'd say prevalent liquid consumed in this country today. With consumers of these other beverages assuming that they're getting the same benefit of hydration 
as they would if they were drinking straight water, you know, H2O. Yeah, White Cloud has beer in it, or water in it, sorry. (laughs) Beer has water in it, don't it? Yet you don't get the same effect. The body does not get the same effect when you adulterate at anything else to H2O. Drinking adequate amounts of water per day enables your body to eliminate various buildups of leftover byproducts that come from its own physiological processing. It's like an exhaust pipe on a car. Hello. The car is, you know, the engine is burning uh, uh, gasoline, fuel, so it has to exhaust what's left over or the engine wouldn't run. Or maybe like the ventilation system on a, on a kitchen stove. Why do you think you have a fan above your stove? Or how about this one? If you, if you take a breath in right now, and I'd call it a life-saving breath because every breath in, every inhalation that you make is a, is a life-giving breath, right? All right, let's all do it together here. Everybody in the studio, come on, everybody. Take a deep breath. And I have to talk, so I can't do this experiment, but you can. Take a deep breath in. Go ahead. Take it in and hold it. All right. As you hold it, I'm going to talk through that breath. That breath just helps save your life. But guess what? If you don't exhale, if you don't let that breath out, you will die because that life-giving breath is now converting into a poison. So what you inspired was all this wonderful oxygen. But your body used it, and now it's used up. And now you've got to let that breath out. Every one of our cells in the body breathe, just like you do. We call it cellular respiration. And if you drink less water, because that's what we're talking about, I'd like to encourage you when we're thinking about today's show, more or less, what we could be doing more to help build our body's immune defense. And we're talking about drinking water, because that can do it. You see, if we drink less water, because that's the antithesis of what we're talking about now, it disables our body's ability to remove these various substances which are toxic and poisonous to the body, and, and they become a greater risk the longer they remain in our body. So it's not just about getting rid of them, it's getting rid of these byproducts of metabolism in a timely fashion. Now, if it's true what I say that Americans are eating too much food, and we're going to talk about food later, 75% too much food per day, and now it might be 78% or 80 with all of us in quarantine and not being able to walk because we're trying to save lives by being cooped up in our houses. Talk to Mayor about that, Mayor Lightfoot. And these toxic substances, the longer they remain in the body, the more poisonous they become. And then what happens then, then that buildup alerts our immune system that various chemical stresses are building up. So instead of your immune system being wondering about how it can scan and patrol for invading organisms and viruses, now your body's immune system is having to contend with your overeaten food and all the buildup of these poisonous toxins in your body. You see, the human body then responds by setting up a response to these chemical and toxic substances. And one of the most common responses of our body during these times of less water drinking, it creates inflammation. 
it, it tries to wall off or like it's like a physiological wall to create separation between the harmful substances which will damage tissue. And so the body walls it off trying to create an equilibrium of some kind, having to, I would say, you know, cohabit with these poisons. And you know what it's like, those of us, when you retain water and you become edematous, you know, you have edema. Or you know what it's like when you become constipative and you're holding back stuff that needs to leave. No different than a moment ago when you were holding your breath. Mm-hmm. And after a few, a couple minutes at most, the body becomes more distressed. Now, some forms of dehydration, and I say most of us Americans are chronically dehydrated, but we don't know it because we keep drinking stuff. But this chronic form of dehydration that most Americans, you know, contend with can remain unknown to us who are dehydrated. And, and, and instead, when we become chronically dehydrated, that dehydration many times manifests itself as hunger. And then guess what do we do? Then we eat. <laughs> and that's where the problem not only begins, but that's where it, I hate to say, it kind of leaves off at the same time. So these are some things to consider on the Saturday here at HealthQuest when we're thinking more or less. It's more or less. I'd say we need to drink more water because it's water that helps oxygenate your blood. It's adequate amounts of water intake that flushes these byproducts of metabolism, these toxins, out of the body. That's just the way it is. And if we could start respecting that, then in the end, I think we're going to get the sense that we're helping to build our body's ability, our immune, our immune system's ability to defend itself better. And our blood cells are going to live longer if they're properly flushed as well. All this and more. What more can you do to help build up your body's immune defenses? And what can we do a little less of that'll improve our body's ability to defend against infections of every type? And your yes and no questions coming right up. All this and more. Keep it right here. Go to healthquestradio.com. Yes, we, it's, it's, it's all of the way we look at things. And one of the questions I wanted to get to, uh, and we'll get to more of them later, but one that's apropos for this very moment. I had a question. It says, uh, do you believe that it's possible to be reinfected by this COVID-19 virus? In other words, does having the corona antibodies guard us against a second corona uh, infection? Now, as of this morning, 
the World Health Organization basically published a story with a headline that says, No Evidence Antibodies Protect Recovered Coronavirus Patients. No evidence exists that people who have recovered from the coronavirus are, are protected from reinfection. Even if they have the antibodies, the World Health Organization said Saturday. Now, I've got my doubts about them, frankly, as I know you do, having uh, been you know, a part of the whatever. I, I, what I'd like to say, uh, the answer is, I, I, do I get an answer that I can say, I don't know? I mean, because I don't. But I would suspect in any infection, we can become reinfected. But here's the reason why I brought it up now. If people are waiting with bated breath uh, for this vaccine that could come out in X amount of months, in over a year, it, it, it totally destroys the logic of the vaccine. If you can become reinfected with present antibodies then the whole point of the vaccine is out the window. Now, maybe not for most, but for some. So that's why I wanted to go to that question. I want to go back to something we could be doing more that would help support our own immune function. We said before we went to the break that drinking adequate amounts of water, which most Americans do not do, they drink liquid but not water, which skews the results of what water could do if you only drank water rather than beer or fruit juice, or anything else that is adulterating the water, even if it's considered a healthy adulteration. And conversely, the blood cell's lifespan will be shortened if not, if not properly flushed with proper water drinking. You see, when our blood cells are deemed healthy by the immune system, when the immune system that scans itself can see that everything's okay, when the body perceives that there's peace, then the immune system can take a break and it can recharge to its fullest capacity to respond to future stresses or infection or even disease. Did you know that one of the reasons why we're so susceptible to disease is the same reason why we are susceptible to organisms and biologic entities? Another thing I've been hearing in the news, and I got to take umbrage to as well. There are so many people, everybody, scientists and doctors alike, politicians and newscasters are all talking about do this, do that, because it kills the virus. Should we, should we do this? Lysol, hand sanitizer, it's all kills the virus. This is better than doing that. It's moist, hot air. It kills the virus. Kill, kill, kill. You can't kill a virus, people. You cannot kill a virus. It is not a living organism. It can't be killed. Stop using the word kill. It can be destroyed. You can interrupt its replicative process, but you cannot kill it. Come on, get with it. I want to mention with the whole bit of drinking water, I want to bring up our lymphatic system because our lymphatic systems are, they're like the Pony Express riders in Western days delivering the mail to remote areas of the country. I'm sure you remember that back in school. But our lymphatic systems help carry various immune cells to every part of the body, helping to protect those areas. It's our lymphatics that are critical to the removal of those previously discussed uh, toxic substances that I mentioned. And it's our lymphatic system that transports water, as well as many other critical nutrients, into every blood cell. Your body requires water to produce lymph. 
It's the water that keeps our nasal passages and our the back of your throat, the esophagus, and the trachea moist. And those moist areas trap toxic and uh, infectious substances that enter the body. It's water that keeps our eyes wet with antimicrobial fluid to defend against infections. It's water that helps every living cell to be fed nutrition from our bloodstream. It's water that can be used to lessen the effects of every known disease, every health condition, even infections. It's water that allows us to have a runny nose to clear our nasal passages of of offending microbes and viruses. It's water. My gosh, you know, I have a list of things that we need to do more of. I'm not even I'm not even through with my first one. Did you know that sleep disorders are on the incline, more prevalent in our society today than ever before? Is there a water connection to your sleeplessness? You won't want to miss this. Stay right here, okay? Okay. It's HealthQuest Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready to be taught the new way. All of our radio show podcasts are available in the iTunes Store. Look under Adventures in Health. Download us on your iPod and take us with you. Hmm. I want to thank you for joining us on the Saturday morning. I, it's, it, it's tragic here today. I had this big long list of things we need to do more and some things we need to do less. And I'm on number one. All right. But I'd like to get to some of your questions and I thank you for uh, sending them to me here. I'm going to read them. And these are yes or no answers on my part because I, and I'll be tempted to go on beyond a yes or no, but I need to out of respect for my own outline of today's show <laughs> today uh what we're what we're endeavoring to do with the more or less is is give you some ideas of what more you can do to help you build your body's immune defenses and then what can you do a little less of that'll help improve your ability to defend against infections of every type and and we said earlier that everything that we're talking about today is good for all time. It's good for all time. All time. Okay? So here we go. Dr. Kobaba, do you suspect that aspects of this virus outbreak had something to do with a laboratory with laboratory tampering beyond the live markets uh, of eating uh, bats? If you, I'm not going to go there because I can only answer yes or no. I say I suspect yes. Okay? Next, thank you so much. Uh, here's another one. Do you believe that this virus was in the United States prior to what has been reported up till now? My answer, yes. Thank you for the question. Is this coronavirus being blamed for more deaths than in reality it has caused? Can I say absolutely yes on that? Thank you. I'm sorry, but it's true. Here's another one. Will getting back to normal happen sooner versus later? Golly, if it weren't for politics, I'd say, oh my gosh, I'm answering beyond yes or no. I'm really sorry. I'd like to apologize. I'd say longer. I'd say, wait, will you be back to normal? Happen sooner versus later? Uh, later. Later. Okay. 
I had to keep myself back on that one. Um, do you have total faith regarding the various scientific models that have been used up to date to help determine the progression of this pandemic? Thank you for the, that's a, that's a good question. I'd say no. I wish I could say more. Um, soap or hand, uh, hand sanitizer. That was short and sweet. I'm going with soap. Soap. Okay, here's a couple more. All right. Can high temperatures and humidity of a sauna help deactivate or denature any virus? Thank you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to say because I know what I'm hearing as you are hearing it, but I'm not sure what to say. Can we go back to water? Okay, let's go back to water. What we can do more of or less. Hope you've been with us the whole show if you haven't. Okay, sorry. Um, let's go back to water for a second. Um, did you know that... I'm going to go back to sleep disorders, actually, with water here. Interesting that sleep disorders are more prevalent in our society than ever before. Um, and as I stated before, with, with water, H2O, losing its first place position, uh, falling to other various liquids, um, this lack of water hampens our body's ability to produce melatonin. Now, I know where you're going when I mention the word melatonin. Just stay with me. Just stay with me, okay? Because I know you know that melatonin is a natural hormone produced in the body in adequate amounts, to, and that facilitates deeper sleep and more complete sleep, and we all need that, right? And I agree with you. I know what you've been reading, and I'm with you, okay? Um, <clears throat> but as we become deficient in our drinking, I know you were going to say as we get older, but just stay with me now, okay? As we become deficient in our water drinking, then melatonin cannot be produced in proper amounts due to the ever-present water shortage in the body. I'm not saying liquid. I'm saying water shortage. Now, there are those melatonin sales sharks out there in the world ready to sell us melatonin at every turn. They're touting the many melatonin miracles that can happen. And if and only if you can buy my melatonin product that, that they're hawking out there with many of them telling us that as we age, we produce less and less melatonin and supplementing with melatonin is the only way to bring levels back to normal. And of course, this ramps up their melatonin sales, putting more money in their pocket, just thinking if you have a body dysfunction that requires a supplemental dose of melatonin because you're over 40. Ugh. But there are pitfalls of supplementing with, with melatonin. And I, and I got to tell you, you got to get this. Fact. The more melatonin we take supplementally, then your body is going to stop making it. It's going to, it's going to be inhibited. Do you get it? So when we take melatonin, it causes our bodies to produce even less melatonin. But you have lower melatonin perhaps because you're drinking too little water. Because when you're drinking too little water, the body makes less melatonin. So could this be the cause of most of our sleep disorders in this country today? I'll answer simple. Yes. It's about water that will help support 
increase your immune function and strengthen your immune response. Stay right here. It's Dr. David Kolbaba. It's HealthQuest Radio. That's what, oh, hi. Poor planning today on the show. <laughs> I had such a list of so many things we could be doing more to enhance our body's immune response. And here I am getting towards the latter portions of today's show. And I didn't even, I'm, I'm, I haven't even completed number one. But I did get an interesting question during the break. Yes or no answer of, of, from me. I hope I can answer briefly like this. But should the FBI be shutting down a clinic in Detroit because they are using vitamin C, IV vitamin C treatment for COVID-19? Now, I went to the, to the newspaper site just now. And as you know, listening to last week's show with the number one critical care uh, physician in the United States who's using IV vitamin C along with other attributes, other treatment regimes, including zinc, an anticoagulant, heparin, and uh, a prednisone. And it was the same doctor that's saying we're treating people in the wrong way. Perhaps that's why we're having as many deaths. And as much as vitamin C itself is not a cure, it's used widely as a treatment for coronavirus in hospitals throughout the world, and more and more hospitals and universities are picking up on this protocol we talked about in our two-hour special last week. So you got to go to our archives and figure that one out. But I'm looking at this newspaper report out of Detroit right now, and an FBI raids a Detroit-area medical facility for using intravenous vitamin C to treat COVID-19. So the question is, should they be raiding? My answer is no. It's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes the powers that be that tell us to do things that are impractical, that don't make sense, are without science in many cases. Yet we are to conform. And I'm sorry, but it really bothers me when we can't individually decide what we can and can't do. And I'm happy to see that some governors right now are parting from the herd a bit. And we'll be able to observe those people who have differing opinions on what we should do to manage this. And that's why I wanted to give you a nice long list today of things you could do more or less and get your own immune system kicked up. And I mean kicked up to the point where it's normal. I'm not talking about whipping the horse by boosting anything. I'm saying legitimately support and enhance and help restore your immune function. But it could be that some of our bad habits are tearing it down. You know, the word comorbidity has come into the fray. It just means that you've got a lot of pre-existing things, aspects, attributes of your body that are negative, leaving you open to this infection. And it's not just old age. It's not just low temperature and low humidity. It's because you're vulnerable and you've left yourself do that. In this case, because we're drinking 
too much uh, of 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 other liquids instead of instead of water. Did you know that people who are always getting sick are the same people who aren't drinking enough water? Not drinking enough water causes fatigue. I'm going to put all this up on our website, healthquestradio.com. I hope you can go there, and I hope you take us up on some of the offers you heard during our show. It's no mistake that you did tune into our show today. If you're looking for a doctor who's got a passion for keeping you well and helping you get there first, that's what we're all about as a primary healthcare physician using natural medicine and, 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 and things that are nutritionally based but not cookbooking with you, then you call our HealthQuest Radio hotline, 800-794-1855. Go to healthquestradio.com, and then at the top, go to Adventures in Health and go to our blog site. Listen to our shows on the subject. It might arm you with information that will give you a confidence and not a fear about what's going on. Um, maybe next week I'll continue the list. Thanks for listening. Okay, Eight, call that number, would you? 800-794-1855. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. See you next week.